All right, we are live so here with a Sloss Rant live from Ballot Kibbon, Pennsylvania on a Saturday night, getting you ready for the slate of NFL games tomorrow. We're going to run through all of the games on the board, and then I will go ahead and give you my three picks. But first, I want to talk about my day today on Saturday. So today is a Saturday. It's September. And a lot of people here on the East Coast think after Labor Day that no longer can you go to the beach. We had a beautiful, absolutely beautiful 77-degree sunny day sitting there on Cape May listening to podcast after podcast for three and a half hours, eating chicken sandwiches. I'm not really sure much could be better than the day that I had today. And then I come home tonight and I get a new type of pizza over here in the area, a half-grandma Half grandpa pie, unreal. Now the grandpa pie is a vodka and Parmesan cheese pizza, which I had never had before. The grandma, of course, is kind of traditional New York style pizza where you got the tomatoes kind of clumped all together on top of the cheese. So unreal day today. But let's get into some of these games. We'll kind of run the board here, starting off here with the Jets and the Browns. And the Jets Last week, you know, the offense wasn't really that good with Joe Flacco. That's going to be expected. But the defense kind of held Lamar Jackson in check. I think they only let about 13 first downs throughout the game. So they kind of kept it close defensively. Not really sure what Mo Salah is doing there or Robert Salah is doing there running the Jets. Not really looking too promising for that team, especially if Zach Wilson's going to be out. Cleveland looked pretty good overall for the most part against Carolina. They hit a big 58-yard field goal to win it. So that game right now, looking at a spread of Cleveland minus six and a half. I don't really have a lean on the game. I would go with the under, if anything at all. Right now, sitting at 39 and a half. I just think in a game with Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco, points are going to kind of be at a premium. So my lean on the game would be the under. I wouldn't play either side here of the two teams. Next game, we've got the Bucks and the Saints. Now, everyone's talking about how Tom Brady is owned by the New Orleans Saints. And the reason why I think that that narrative is false is, quite frankly, he beat them in the playoffs two years ago. So, yes, they played five times, including the playoffs. He's only won once. But now Sean Payton, he's not there either. So if Sean Payton's not going to be there, Dennis Allen, I mean, Dennis Allen is no Lombardi. I mean, let's just call it how we see it. Dennis Allen is no Vince Lombardi. So... I think that Tom Brady's going to be able to do quite fine against the Saints. Saints kind of struggled to beat the Falcons. It kind of took them miraculous fashion to win last week against the Falcons. So right now the line is at the Bucks minus two and a half. It opened at minus four and a half with that total sitting there at 44 right now after opening at 46 and a half. I really got no comment there on the plays. And I'll give you three absolute lock solid plays that I've done research put a lot of thought into, so I got nothing there. But we're just going through the board here, getting a little bit of feel for the games that are going to be going on Sunday afternoon in week two in the National Football League. Panthers at the Giants. The Giants, I mean, what a dramatic win last week. I covered that in the last episode of the Sloss Ramp podcast. Unreal for them to go for it there, go for that two-point conversion. And then when they got lucky with the missed kick, I mean, it just goes to show you fortune. Fortune kind of follows the bold. You know, we covered this game ad nauseum in the last rant. But there's a lot of hype around the Giants. People are, are buying into them. Everyone's all pumped up. It's the first time we've been real excited about this team in quite some time. But you got to kind of temper your enthusiasm with the Giants. It's only one game. I can't get too excited. About, you know, I'm excited that they won as a fan. But 
going forward with the future. Daniel Jones is still my quarterback, and I know he had a high completion percentage last week, but a lot of those throws were not were not so much of the big-time, deep-down-the-football-field throws. So I got to still see more from Jones. Barkley was great, obviously. But the Panthers come in. They played Carolina pretty close. Or sorry, they played Cleveland, I should say, pretty close. And I don't really have anything in regards to a play on this game at all here. The Panthers, coincidentally, they are getting most of the money and most of the bets here, looking at 74% of the money, 67%, getting right now two points and open them, them getting two and a half. So I got nothing there as far as a play, but just a little analysis there. And another thing, I mean, Matt Rule, Matt Rule there's rumors that this guy's coaching for his job already, losing week one, two losing seasons to start off his career in the NFL. So something to keep an eye on there. Next game, the Patriots at the Steelers. I mean, that offense for New England has got to attempt to look somewhat better. They were pathetic. They didn't even break 10 points last week against the Dolphins. I mean, I hear people talking about New England's pass rush. Generated a decent amount of pressure on Tua, but it didn't really show there in the end of the game because the Dolphins were able to win the game by double digits. Pittsburgh won the game due to some fluky missed kicks there by the Bengals there at the end. So this game really is going to be kind of anyone's game. Pittsburgh's the home team here. They're getting or they're giving out two and a half – or sorry, the Patriots are giving out two and a half points. They have a slight quarterback advantage, you'd have to think, with Mac Jones over Trubisky. So that game should be kind of a close game, a total sitting at 40 and a half. Who, honestly, I got I got no type of lean even on this game at all. I mean, I, I got picks for you coming up in a little bit, but I don't even have any type of lean here. The, a huge part of this game, though, is going to be that T.J. Watt is absent. That guy's an absolute freak. If you listen to my NFL season preview, I said he's the second-best player in the National Football League, so you know – the amount of love and adoration I have for that guy and what he's able to do rushing the passer. And he's going to be out for quite some time, whether it's the full season or six to eight weeks. The next game, the Colts and the Jaguars. The Jaguars fought hard. They had a chance to win versus Washington there throughout most of the game. The Colts came back and were lucky enough just to get a tie against Houston. So, I mean, the Colts, you know, they, they need to win this game. They cannot afford to go to 0-1-1. They absolutely need to win this game. They're the favorite. They were the favorite by most for the division. They've got to win this game here. It opened at minus five and a half, and it's all the way down to minus three for the Colts. Total kind of staying pretty steady, went from 46 down to 45. If I was betting on this game, I would go ahead and take the Colts. I'd lay the three points. I know that they've had all sorts of issues with Jacksonville in the past, but I think Matt Ryan and the Colts need this game. And I like only having to lay the three instead of the five and a half. The next game, the Dolphins at the Ravens. This is an interesting game. The Ravens looked, you know, pretty good overall. They only had 13 first downs, like I or yeah, 13 first downs, like I said. But they were able to hold a horrible Jets offense in check there. The Ravens are kind of a team that people really like to bounce back after they ran into some unfortunate luck with their quarterback Lamar Jackson's injury last year. And the Dolphins look pretty good. I mean, they got the ball to Tyreek Hill. He's the big big play acquisition guy. Jalen Waddle made big plays throughout the game for them as well. This game should be one of the more interesting games. The, the spread is made flat at minus three and a half the entire week. The next game we're going to look at here <coughs> is one that I will have a play for you. Washington and Detroit. <coughs>
So Washington and Detroit here. There's a big line movement here from Washington minus two and a half where it opened to Detroit minus one and a half. That's something to keep an eye on here. And Detroit fought hard. They got back into the game there against Philly last week. The Commanders were lucky to win against Jacksonville. So that's going to be an interesting game. I think there's a lot of juice around that game with Washington and all the, you know, for the most part, dysfunction that goes on there, especially with the Carson Wentz drama that throw to throw, week to week, you never know what you're going to get out of him anymore. In Detroit, you know they're going to play hard. The next game on the board, the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance has got to be better. He's not going to be playing in some type of intense windstorm here. <coughs> so if Trey Lance has a little bit better conditions, this is a guy with a, with, on a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and it's tough for him because – who knows how good of a quarterback he actually is. And we know that he has got Jimmy G sitting there behind him, ready to go. Seattle looked okay on that Monday night game. They were lucky to win with absolute bonehead play calling by the Denver Broncos. That line right now is San Francisco minus nine and a half. That's a lot of juice to lay. When, who's even sure that Trey Lance is that much better of a quarterback than Geno Smith? You like the players on San Francisco. You like the team as a whole. You like the coach maybe even even just as much as you like Pete Carroll for Seattle. But that's a lot of points to lay with, with San Francisco. Atlanta at the Rams is the next game. This started off at the Rams minus 13 and a half. It came down right now to all the way minus 10 for the Rams. That's still a pretty large number to kind of lay right there, even if you're going to bet the Rams. The Falcons were in that game against the Saints last week. And if they can play a similar type of game, you'd think they would be able to keep it within single digits and get you that cover there. But again, no solid locked-in play here. The next game, Texans at the Broncos. The Broncos, they're going to have to do better situationally. Hackett is a guy who spent his entire coaching life, for the most part, in offensive playrooms, drawing up plays, looking at the diner-sized menu, for those play calling options. And it makes you wonder, like, do these coaches now, they're mostly hired as offensive geniuses that are brought in throughout the NFL, but do these coaches that are offensive geniuses, you know, I use genius very loosely, do they have the overall football intelligence from all three sides of the ball to make the proper decisions, make the proper calls, and see the game with not necessarily blinders on looking at only your side of the ball, looking at that play sheet, but do they have a feel for the big picture stuff? And the big picture stuff, it, let's face it, it's not as complex as drawing up plays and having play calls that are, you know, take five, six, seven, eight seconds to even just read the play out with complex protections, complex route options, all that different types of stuff can kind of get in the, intimacy of calling plays in the National Football League. But the big picture decisions are, when do we call timeouts? Are we punting? Are we kicking field goals? How many yards do I need? What type of situations are we looking at here? There's so many to have a feel for your team. And that is what is important. Situational football is what wins in the NFL. It's not about having the best play caller. Not always about having the most innovative and creative plays because there's so many athletes on the field, especially if you're talking about defending a creative offense. There's, there's defenders on the field that can slow you down. 
So it's about having a big picture situation. I, I thought that I had to get this in there as I'm kind of giving you guys a rundown of the, the slate of games in week two. It's about having a big picture feel for the game, knowing your players, knowing what they're capable of. It's Again, it's not as technical as drawing up these plays and watching hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of film to get these play calls perfected. It's about seeing a game from every angle and putting your team, if you're the head coach, in the best position to win football games. So I thought that that was an essential note to touch on that Broncos game from Monday night as they now play the Texans. And the Broncos are big favorites. You look at Davis Webb versus Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is always going to be a much bigger favorite over Davis Webb. Although you have to like that they didn't lose the first game if you're, the, if you're into the Texans. The Cardinals at the Raiders. The Raiders opened up at minus three and a half favorites. They're now sitting at minus five and a half favorites. People hated what they saw from Arizona. I mean, they're playing the Chiefs. You can't overreact. Are the Cardinals an amazing team? No. Is Kyler Murray the best quarterback? No. But are they still a solid enough team that you could see them winning some games? It's not like Las Vegas is one of the best teams in the NFL. They're a good team. They were a playoff team last year. You like what you saw week one, even in a loss with Carr and Devontae Adams. But Kyler Murray is still a pretty darn good quarterback. So I'm not quite sure they deserve to be five-and-a-half-point favorites. They are the home team here. That total is pretty high, 51-and-a-half right now after opening at 50-and-a-half. If I had to lean one way, I'm going Cardinals, but it's not really a strong enough lean to put it into my picks. The next game we're going to talk about here, the Bengals and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are an absolute mess. Dak is out. The offensive line is banged up. I've spoken in the past about how important that left tackle is for them. Tyron Smith, the guy who made an immediate impact once he came right into the NFL back in, I think, 2015, 14, whatever it was. He made an immediate impact because you had Dak Prescott and you had Zeke Elliott in 2016, I'm thinking, where, quite frankly, if I had a vote for MVP that year, it would have been Tyron Smith because he was able to aid so much in the development of Prescott, help Zeke kind of step right in and be a dominant running back as well. So they, they're the best right now. The Bengals need to win after what we saw from them last week, blowing that game to Pittsburgh. And the Bengals right now, they, they're getting 85% of the bets. That's a huge number of bets to go along with 63% of that money. So the next game, and I will be picking this game, is the Bears and the Packers. Well, I'll give you a pick in a little bit here, but the Bears were lucky to win that game last week. It was They were down early, 10-0. The high amount of rain and wind severely impacted them in a positive way. They were able to keep the 49ers somewhat in check there in that game. But you have to see something from fields. The next game I'm also going to have a play on. And it, to me, the, seeing the two Monday night games is just weird. So you got the Monday night game at 7-15, the Titans versus the Bills. As my dog barks vehemently in the background here. Mellow is so loud barking. I don't even know what she's so upset about. Come here, Mello. Come here. We're picking NFL games, Mello. Don't you want to hear us pick these games? So we got the Titans at the Bills. Monday night, 7-15 start. That's just weird. We got another Monday night game right here in Philly at the Vikings playing the Eagles. So that's just weird to have these two Monday night games in week two. But at any rate, the Titans are 10-point dogs. The Bills are minus 10. They're everyone's favorite team. 
going forward here in this season. They're pretty much the clear consensus, and everyone is already picking them to go to the Super Bowl. So we'll see here if Buffalo is able to keep this up. But to go along with, you know, talking about this game, you have to like what they did against the Rams last week. I mean, they absolutely embarrassed them, the Rams, in their first game as defending Super Bowl champs. So this game right now is sitting at minus 10 with 47.5 total. It opened at 52. So that obviously is a pretty pretty big shift, 4.5 points there in the total and 2.5 in the game. The Vikings at the Eagles is the last game Monday night. Again, the second of the two Monday night games. Not really sure why they're doing it this week. I know in the past they've had two Monday night games to open the season, but not in week two. At any rate, the Vikings looked pretty good last week. They beat the Packers. I, I picked the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. If you listen to my NFL preview show in the beginning of the season. So the Eagles, I mean, they, they won by three points against Detroit last week. They're definitely the better team for most of that game. Jalen Hurts looked like he could throw the ball down the field a little bit there. Much better than most people thought to begin with. And the Eagles for this game, they are two-point favorites. That, that line has remained completely unchanged. So we've run the board here. We've given you these odds. I've given you some, a couple of leads. But now let me give, give you the official picks. I'm going to go with the Titans on Monday Night Football getting the 10 points. Here's the thing. The Titans lost. They lost to the Giants. I know people do not have much hope for the Giants going into the game. But think about this. What would that line be if the Titans beat the Giants and Bullock's kick goes through? I'm not quite sure that that line would be sitting up at plus 10. That is a lot of points. And the recent history between these two teams, the Titans won 42-16 to in 2020, which was a game played, I believe, on a Tuesday night due to all the crazy COVID cancellations. And then last year, even they even won 34-31. So those are the two seasons in which Josh Allen has been dominant, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I think the Titans should be able to keep it close. I like the Bills probably to win the game. But I think the Titans should be able to keep this close. And I know that that's 10 points is a lot in the NFL. It's not like Tennessee's a bad team, even though, you know, they lost to the Giants, which clearly doesn't make them look as good. But 10 points is a lot. I know the line is moving in their favor. But you have to think about it like this. When people are betting these games and they see that they can get the Bills, who look by far the best team. I mean, maybe they were the second best team behind the Chiefs in week one but they're the favorite for the most part to, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And you're seeing you only have to lay seven in the hook there. People are jumping on it. So that line jumped all the way up after all the Bills backing to now the Titans getting 10 points. So to me, it's just too many points to turn down. It's a week one kind of overreaction for the Titans to be getting, you know, seven and a half to start and 10 now because you think, okay, they lost to the Giants. They're, they're going to have a regression, but they're a solidly coached team with Mike Vrabel. I kind of like what I see for the most part. They did have their way with the Giants early on in that game as well. It's kind of just a couple of big plays beat them with the Saquon play and the Sterling Shepard play. So I like Tennessee getting the 10 points here. I think that's a solid play. The next play, Bears and the Packers. This is the squarest play you will ever see me make, and it's the Packers minus 10. I don't like betting favorites, especially with double double digits, but I think everyone is kind of showing you what they think here. Having this line go from 8.5 to 10, a little bit of movement, 
there's, you know, movement towards the Packers, obviously people picking them. But I just think Aaron Rodgers bounces back. This is what he did last year, too. He was working in a bunch of new receivers. Uh, you know, I think it takes time to gel with them. He doesn't have his best buddy, Devontae Adams, anymore. And I think something like the Packers are 9-1 against the spread when playing the Bears after a loss. So I like this. It's, it's such a square play, like I said, to pick the Packers at home getting 10. That's a lot of points to lay. It's not like the Bears are any good. I know they're 1-0. But, again, I, I can't be overreacting to just one bad game from the Packers and one not great game from the Bears. I think that the, the Packers laying the 10, I think that they're going to be able to, to cover that. I see this more towards a two-touchdown game with the Packers winning. The next game that I'm going to put out here for my last and final pick is Washington at Detroit. Detroit is now, like we said before, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, okay? And this game opened with Washington favored by two-and-a-half points. It just doesn't make sense to me. And when things don't make sense, when, you, when you're when you saying, okay, I just have to have the Lions lose by one-and-a-half, Detroit is obviously historically a bad franchise, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Washington, or I'm sorry, Detroit in this spot would just need to obviously win by two points or more, it just doesn't make sense to me that Detroit is a favorite. I think it's been like 20-something games since they've been a favorite. So to me, it doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, you've got to go with Detroit, especially when you're seeing this type of movement. I mean, you're seeing four points shifting, essentially, from when Washington was the favorite to now when Detroit is the favorite. So give me the Lions minus that point and a half, they're going to have to cover it. But again, the four-point swing just doesn't make sense, and I can't go against that type of movement. Give me the Packers minus 10 and the squares play you'll ever see me make. And give me the Titans plus 10 because I think that's a lot of points to be getting. Because, yes, the Bills are amazing, but I think Tennessee's well-coached enough to keep it within single digits. <laughs> All right, this has been a Schlossman live from Ballot-Kinwood, Pennsylvania. Saturday night, we gave you our three plays here. I'm excited for the slate of games. We kind of ran through the board with you. We gave you a couple of leans, say, with the Cardinals and the under in the Browns and Jets game. But those those leans, it's not something I'm feeling strong enough to put in my official picks. So stick with the official picks. Again, Titans plus 10, Packers minus 10, and Detroit minus 1.5. I'm pumped up for the Giant game tomorrow. I think the Giants are going to come out ready to play. I, I don't know if they're going to win the game. Who knows? But it's exciting to at least go into a game in which you have all this hype and all this excitement after the Giants were able to beat the Titans. So I'm really looking forward to watching that game tomorrow, possibly heading back to the Jersey Shore to get in the last few bits here of summer as people switch to pumpkins and apples. Schlossrant live, Ballot Goodwood, Pennsylvania. We'll see you later, everyone.